Leather Bread, the podcast for fantasy football. Now, introducing your host, Hunter Slapdog Amaruso, and Matthew Scotty Hopemeyer. What is going on, Brainiacs? As always, I'm your host, Slapdog, and you are listening to Leather Brains. Today is Tuesday, August 30th. And if my math is correct, Scotty, we have 10, I think it's 10 days until football. I believe that is the correct till, number. Yeah. Till real football. Till real yeah, football. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yes, I am uh, excited as well. Um, of, of course, now all of you know that Scotty is here. It is just you and I today. And we uh, we are going to do an episode filled with our news as well as Brainiac questions. It's going to be a little bit lighter. As we get closer to the season, I feel like it's just, We've kind of hit most of the things, so we want to keep everybody up with the current news, and, and everybody always has questions, so we got to pick out some questions to get on here that, that we feel are um, they're impactful for every all Brainiacs to listen to. They might gain some insight in it, so we've kind of narrowed that list down a little bit. Also, not that anybody cares, but we did have our draft this weekend. Scotty, how did you feel that your, your mm. team went? Uh, went right according to plan, meaning it's very high risk, high reward, which is how I play this game. So I got a lot of young guys, a lot of guys with unestablished roles, but could, uh, you know, people who could pan out to be extremely valuable, um, or I'll be fighting for last place. And I'm comfortable with that, knowing that I left everything out there on the field. So. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the coaching answer, I think, if I've ever heard it. Um, you do have a young team. Or do you have any concerns with that as far as them seeing the field? Uh, yeah, all sorts of them. But uh, like I said, I given the draft position that I was at, I think I made pretty close to the best choices I could have made. So you know, to, to some degree in a fantasy draft, the gods hand down your opportunities and you have to snatch them up as you can. And I think I did that. So I, I you know, I'm not I don't regret much from the draft. So I think that uh, puts me in a position hopefully to be happy. But I am fully aware of the risks associated with all the young players I have. Hopefully, injury risks are mitigated by their age, uh, but just their role in the or their roles in the offense can be, you know, interesting as well. well so we'll keep an eye on it's, it. I'm glad you don't regret your choices. Yeti, on the other hand, he he instantly regretted his team before we even finished the draft. He regretted it, so um, he went a little off the rails. We'll we'll maybe save that for uh, on Thursday's episode and let him him discuss some of the things that happened there but um, well i will say with yeti's team even though there was a slight mishap um i do think he's still one of my favorites to be a top performer in the in the league he's he's still got a very good team um you know i wouldn't trade my team for his team but i think it's probably pretty close so i'd, I'd be comfortable with where he's at um given his situation so I, sure. i'm not writing him off yet no and i'm not writing him off there is a, a team that i am um, by far and away writing off. There is a very clear uh, team that I think is is the worst. But then every year we say that about this guy. He's like the taco, but then he comes in, and for whatever reason, he he's not the worst team. So we'll see if this is his year for him. But uh, nobody wants to listen to us rant about our own fantasy teams anymore. They want to get some information to help them with theirs. So let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Yeah, we're going to kick the news off with uh, a little vindication on Scotty's part. Uh, Jimmy G has officially signed a new deal with San Francisco, making him the highest paid backup in the league. It appears that San Francisco... Oh, oh. Scotty's army's coming to play. I feel it. I feel the arrows aimed in my direction. 
some people in my army. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, my army. I were we are a ruthless bunch, but we act with honor, and so I am not going to sling arrows where they don't belong. The Jimmy G situation was up in the air; could have gone any direction. I said for a long time that I thought it was unlikely they would drop him. I think at the very least they'd probably keep him on board for a little while while they shop him around. And you also can't underestimate the value of a veteran quarterback coaching up your young quarterback who's going to be taking over the helm. So I think that's it's not a bad move on their part. With that said, Jimmy G is now the highest paid backup in the league. So they are spending a lot of money for this uh, this player coach. Um, so we'll see how that pans out for them. So I think ultimately the, I think it was a one year deal. So Jimmy G may or may not, you know, finish the year in San Francisco or he may get traded next year. Who knows, but uh, he'll end up somewhere else at some point in time, but it seems like it's the bench for him for now. Hmm. Yeah. I was, I, I as somebody who has uh, gone on record multiple times saying Jimmy G will not start the year with the 49ers. I am eating crow right now and it sucks. And I really was hoping he would go somewhere else for a few reasons. I, I think ultimately, like you you said, this is the right move for the 49ers. Who who would be their backup, right? They have Trey Lance, who's a young quarterback. He's coming in there. Everyone is very excited for him and, and the potential for what this guy can be. But what happens if he gets hurt? What happens if he gets hurt, rather? Um, they still have a solid backup in Jimmy G. While I don't like Jimmy G as a quarterback, I don't hate him as a backup. and And I think that... I in my mind, I was kind of hoping that Jimmy G would have done some of those things last year, right? Kind of shown the kid the ropes, get him trained up, show him, get him up to speed with NFL level type stuff. So I think this year, yeah, it's it's going to be more of a backseat role for Jimmy G and, and more in that coaching role than uh, than than last year. Yes, indeed. So we will see how that pans out. Next thing on the docket here, though, is that LaVisca Chenault was traded to the Panthers to add to their wide receiver core. Uh, do you think this has any fantasy implications in the way that he might take some targets from some of the primary guys, namely Mr. DJ? Um, or do you think this is just a depth piece that we can kind of write off and not worry about? Um, when did this happen? An hour ago. Just okay. put the news together like two minutes yeah, ago. So holy it's, shit. it's I recent. Didn't even, I didn't know this happened. To be somebody who... Um, is is pretty in tune with fantasy football and, and runs a pocket. I had no idea that this had happened. Uh, look, I am very ill prepared for this. I don't hate this move. I think he he will see playing time. It doesn't make me worried about DJ Moore whatsoever. No, um, but I think he's a wide receiver two, wide receiver three type role, and that offense is is probably where he will be. As far as fantasy football implications, I'm not running to the uh, the waiver wire where he is probably sitting in order to acquire him. But keep your eye on him. He's a young kid. He is talented. Um, and, uh, I mean, well, who are the receivers for the, Panth- for the Panthers right now? It's DJ Moore. And then who? Robbie Anderson, who is an old, not that great wide receiver. And then their wide receiver three is Terrence Marshall. So, um, I think that he will be LaVisca Chenault will make a case to see the field and be usable for sure. So good for him. Good, good piece for the Panthers, but I'm, st- I'm not, I'm not going to reach for him or grab him anywhere. Cause I just don't think that offense is going to be able to suffice him at a good enough level for wide receiver roles on a fantasy football team. Are you still pretty high on DJ Moore? Does this impact that at all? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, we, we, we know what DJ Moore is. Um, 
I think there will be a little bit more target competition for him, which is not necessarily a bad thing. And if anything, I'm glad that this happened for that team overall. I think that that might even help Christian McCaffrey a little bit to maybe solidify their passing game and make them make defenses realize that they are a more dimensional team. Do I think LaVisca Chanel is the the key to that success? No, but I think he's talent, a little bit more talented some other, than some other receivers that these Panthers have. And he will be on the field for that reason. So, like I said, it, does it do anything? Does it scare me away from DJ Moore? No, because I know what DJ Moore is. I've seen what he's capable of doing. He puts up consistent numbers, and he arguably has the best quarterback that he has had since he's been in the NFL now on this team. I'm in on DJ Moore, and I think LaVisca Chenault may even help DJ Moore a, a little bit more than, um, than if he wasn't there because they don't really have a lot of wide receivers, and defenses are going to key on that. All right, next up here, Sony Michelle has taken a punch right to the blowhole as he was released by the <laughs> Dolphins. Um, this has got to be pretty gratifying for people who are targeting Mr. Uh, um, Chase uh, Edmonds. I'm drawing a blank right now. Yeah, Chase Edmonds. For sure. Yeah. Chase Edmonds is someone that people have been relatively high on. I think there's a pretty high expectation that he is going to get a, a good number of carries in this offense. And without Sony Michelle there, it seems like there's less of a question. I agree completely. I mean, you still have Raheem Mostert who's there, but this definitely um, this helps your case for Chase Edmonds 100% as far as it's not a three-headed dog anymore. Now it's a two-headed dog. And I think that Edmonds, look, as a Cardinals fan last year, I like Chase Edmonds. He was good, and then he got hurt, and then James Conner really came in full circle and, and was, was incredible. But Chase Edmonds is not a bad running back. He's not at all. He's a pass catching back. He is a, a backfield between the tackles back. He's somebody that kind of does it all. And so I, I think that Sony Michelle leaving um, only helps build his case, especially for where his ADP is currently going. I mean, it's like seventh, eighth roundish area. Great value for him. Great value. And like I said, he didn't really play a lot last year due to injury, but he's going to be the right or the running back one in this offense where there is a lot of weapons. But where his ADP is at, I'm just in love with it because you're going to get a guy who's going to provide for fantasy football value that late in the game. And and it sucks for Sony Michelle. I mean, he was with the Rams last year. He didn't do too bad. What's going to happen? I, I, I'm thinking he's going get, to get picked up somewhere as a backup. I, I don't I don't see a world that he doesn't. But um, yeah, it, 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 I think this is this makes me just even a little bit more excited for Chase Edmonds. Mm hmm. And now we have word. I guess we, we talked about this a couple episodes ago or we touched on it. So I just want to kind of bring it up again and let folks know that the Vikings are still, quote unquote, listening to offers for Alexander Madison, though they're not actively shopping him at this point in time. So Alexander Madison, to me, is one of, if not the best handcuff option in drafts currently. Um, and if he ends up going somewhere else, he's got RB1 potential. I mean, he he is someone who can start in an offense. And as you mentioned last time we discussed this, there are not a lot of open slots where you're going to see Alexander Madison come in and be a, you know, be a bell cow back. But at the very least, you might see him being worked into offenses more so than he is with the Vikings, because right now he's pretty much entirely, entirely reliant on Dalvin Cook getting injured before he becomes relevant. Uh, a trade may change that. So uh, for me, I'm targeting Alexander Madison wherever I can get him at his current ADP anyway, and I think that this only makes him a little bit juicier. It, it, it opens up the possibilities just a little bit more. What do you think? I, I, I still lean in the same camp that I did when we first started, kind of the murmurs had started for this, is 
there's just not enough places for him to go where he's going to have an immediate impact for fantasy football. At, at best, what I see happening is he goes somewhere and becomes uh, sort of a one-two punch kind of guy, which is fine because then he'll have fantasy football relevance. But what does that do for the the backfield for the Vikings? Dalvin Cook has had some injury history in the past. Where, what does that do for them? Because Alexander Madison was a great handcuff, like you mentioned, for both fantasy and in the NFL, because when Dalvin Cook went down, they had another guy on roster that they could get out there and be feasible. Is he as good as Dalvin Cook? No, but is he a good running back? Yes. So they were able to use him. So in a realistic world, I just don't see that the Vikings let him go somewhere else because they are. Uh, I have a feeling that Dalvin Cook is going to get hurt again, and we don't root for injuries here, but that's just where my mind is at, is if Dalvin Cook gets hurt, what are they going to do for the run game? And I, I think that's why Madison is a good keep for them as well as a keep in fantasy for the handcuff option that he that he provides do you think that their willingness to to listen to offers as they say uh, is an indication that they are confident that dalvin cook is in healthier form than he has been in recent history and they're you know not as concerned with uh, potential injuries in this upcoming year no i i think it, i mean for me i look at it as you'd be stupid not to just at the very least listen to what people have to say Right. You know, be open for it. If they're, if they're going to pay a, a hefty price for your backup running back, then, yeah, that might change things a little bit for you. A, a second or a third round pick for your backup. Is that the worst thing in the world? You know, so it'd be silly not to listen to what you have to say. No, if it was like a Patrick Mahomes and, and a team's like knocking on the door and like, hey, I want to get Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to entertain that thought. Because he's not for sale and no price is going to get you to to purchase that. So. That's where I just think that it would be silly for him not to. But at the end of the day, I I just don't see, unless it's a good value, I just don't see him leaving. Yeah, I'm currently looking up Alexander Madison's contract right now. Um, I don't know if you know it off the top of your head, but I, it's not telling I know me, a right? lot of players, but <laughs> not a backup. No, I don't mean there. to put you on the spot, but the, the reason I ask is uh, you have to imagine that with all these headlines developing about the willingness to listen to offers from the Vikings, that this is going to, in some way, shape, or form, impact the relationship between this organization and uh, Mr. Madison. Um, so I don't know how much more time he has left there. But it seems to me that uh, his contract there's a goes, real possibility goes till the end of this year. So after 2022, okay, so he becomes a, a free agent. And currently, he's 24 years old right. right now. So that's that's another thing. Is it really seems like if if they were really interested in keeping him around, they might say, "Hey, we're not going to be trading anything," and that would help them in negotiations to maybe allow Alexander Madison to say, "Hey." I might not take as much money because I know this organization's got my back. Uh, but right now they're kind of positioning themselves in such a way that it seems likely Alexander Madison might find a new home next year anyway, uh, given that his contract is ending and it doesn't seem like they're doing whatever they can to keep him. So um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting and fluid situation. We'll have to keep an eye on it. But in the event Alexander Madison leaves, I think that there's a very good shot. He at least sees more playing time than he does right now in this offense currently. Yeah. And like I said, I think it, it, at the way I look at it with the current running back situation for teams is maybe he's kind of like a, a one-two punch, like a Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb type uh, role where they have multiple running backs that are on the field often. Yeah. All right. We have terrible news. Mason Crosby 
is uncertain for week one. I guess he had some sort of knee scope or something done, and now he's struggling with it. He may not be there for week one. Of course, Mason Crosby, the giver Mm -hmm. himself, who I believe he's present in our background on YouTube, isn't he? He is, yes. So he is on our bar He's basically an integral part of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, tough. Well, I mean, man, out of all this news, this is up there as one of the worst. Uh, Mason Crosby is... um, We have an un, un... I don't. I don't even know how you describe it. An undying loyalty to Mason Crosby, um, in large part due to something really stupid. I mean, it was our our first year playing fantasy football, and in the fifth round, I think uh, one of our buddies drafted a kicker, and it was Mason Crosby. And so for the rest of time, that's it's just been an ongoing thing. And we love Mason Crosby. Hate to see it. Well wishes for a quick recovery because we need you out there on that field, brother. Yeah. Definitely. But as far as fantasy and, uh, football more, is concerned, I do just want to interrupt you real quick. Uh, nobody should be playing with kickers because kickers in fantasy football are silly. But as yes, a pro I love football, Mason Crosby, but also yeah, he should not be in anyone's lineup. We're a pro ever. kickers podcast, just not for fantasy football. Yeah, correct. All right, more serious news here. Uh, obviously, most people have heard now that Brian Robinson was shot in an attempted carjacking over the weekend. Uh, But the good news is it looks like he could be released from the hospital as soon as this week. So his recovery obviously is going to take some time, but he is in stable condition. He seems to be doing okay. And they've even, uh, there there have been reports that there's a possibility he still plays this season. Um, So obviously all well wishes to Brian Robinson. He he was uh, unfortunately involved in that incident on the same day that he was named the probable starter. Um, So it was quite the roller coaster of emotions for him that day. So Hopefully uh, everything goes well there. We see him on the field sooner rather than later. Nothing but love from the Leather Brains community for him. Yeah, that's I, it's fuck man, that sucks. I, I I saw that news and I immediately was just taken aback and I'm like, what the hell happened? So um, thankfully the reports have come out and stated that he is in fact okay, um, and uh, and we wish you the the best for a speedy recovery, my friend. All right. Now, news that Najee Harris actually suffered an injury a few weeks ago. Uh, there, uh, there were some reports that he suffered a, I don't know how to pronounce this, Liz, Liz Frank? Liz Frank? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I think it's Liz Frank, but, but I don't know. I'm not a doctor either. <sighs> yeah, some sprain, anyway. Um, reporters were told about this here recently. So typically an injury like that carries a four to six week recovery time, which is obviously cutting it close to week one. You know, people assumed that Najee wasn't playing in the preseason, just like many starters aren't, uh, because they were trying to, you know, keep him healthy, keep him fresh, but it actually looks like he may have been nursing this injury. Um, yet another reason to maybe fade Najee a little bit. We've talked a lot about him on this podcast. Obviously he's an elite running back but he rode the tidal wave of a ridiculous number of touches that he will not see again in this new offense with a new uh, quarterback at the helm. Um, so does this cause additional concern for you when it comes to drafting Najee? I, I'm i not really interested in owning Najee anyway, to be completely honest. We've talked about it a little bit more. It, it, does it make me concerned? Yeah, a little bit. You know, I think that where his ADP is currently going, there's other feasible options that I think I'm more interested in in general, you know, regardless of this news. And then this news comes out, and and I like Najee as a player, I do, but they're going to be changing his role. He's going to see less checkdowns. 
And he saw a lot of his value in fantasy football last year due in large part to his receptions and his ability to catch the ball. And with Mitchell Trubisky there, I just see I, I see that going down because Mitch is um, he is not a tree trunk with his roots firmly planted on the turf. He uh, he has feet unlike Big Ben, and he will be using them. So I, I think that we'll see Mitch Trubisky scramble a little bit more. And both Tomlin and Najee have come out and said that his role will be changing this year a little bit. So um, in terms of fantasy football, uh, do I hate Najee? No. But Najee in our in our league of record, he went third overall, I believe it was, which was a complete shocker to me. I'm not interested in owning Najee in the first round whatsoever. And I think that, that this news... Kind of makes it even a little bit more of a, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not interested at the ADP. So tough mm. blow for him. We don't root for injury, and I do wish for his recovery. But I wasn't really targeting him, him to begin with for everything that I just mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm probably not as down on him as you are. I think I still in the first round in a a year where running backs are. Um, are scarce, or at least elite running backs are scarce. I'd take Najee over people like Cooper Cup. Um, and I would take him in the first round. Uh, but of course, you know, there are several, you know, him going third is crazy. There, there are several running backs you, you'd take over Najee. Um, you know, he's going to be elite. He's going to see 300 touches, um, but 300 touches and 400 touches are two completely different stories. And you're going to see him drop in the running back rankings this year, I fully believe, uh, because of that, you know, reduced, uh, reduced role, at least to some degree. So, um, you know, I'm not afraid of Najee. If you still haven't drafted yet, I'm not afraid of him, but just, Bear that in mind when, you know, people are drafting him third overall. That's uh that seems crazy to me, but we'll see. Uh, speaking of Steelers, will Pickett steal the job from Mitch Trubisky? Because Pickett once again performed in the preseason throwing for almost 100 yards and completing 10 of 14 attempts. But it must be noted, however, that Trubisky also had himself a game over the weekend through for 160 yards and a touchdown. So uh, basically who the fuck knows, who uh, knows what's going to happen. Is Mitch going to play for the whole season? Is, is, is Pickett going to come in and, you know, after three, four games and take over, are they going to be one, two punch depending on the drive? Who knows? It's going to be Mitch. It's Mitch season, baby. I'm all in on Mitch, Mitch kissing titties, Trubisky It is going to be Mitch's show until he fucks it up enough times that Kenny Pickett then becomes the guy. Oh, you just disappeared off camera. Sorry, for the, I was oh, my. You're back. All right. I unplugged my my uh, my computer on accident. Um, no, I, I truth be told, I, I I've heard reports that Kenny Pickett's doing great, and I that's that's great. But it's going to be Mitch Trubisky. Tomlin has already come out and said that Trubisky will be starting Week One. Trubisky seems to be doing pretty well, and I think that Trubisky will continue to play until he fucks himself out of the job. If he comes out and he's just electric and he looks wonderful, why would you not play him to give the young guy a chance? You have other, you have a lot of talent on that team. If you, if the more talented guys out there, he's going to be playing because you have a great group of dudes. Now, if it was a complete bust of a team, like it was the lions. Yeah. You're going to just put your freshman in there and you're going to let him go, but you you don't have that. You actually have a decent team here. So you're going to go with the person who is going to set you up for the best way to succeed. And that's that right now. It sounds like it's Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, we will see. We will see. All right. Last piece of news here and good news. Rams running back Cam Akers was in pads for the start of Monday's practice. According to the athletics, Jordan Rodriguez, Rod, Rodriguez, 
Rodriguez, I assume, is uh, it's probably a typo. Jordan Rodriguez, the media was only allowed to watch the first 20 minutes of practice, so no one knows exactly how much Akers did, but he's definitely trending in the right direction with Los Angeles' opener just 10 days away. Now, there are a lot of people who are not high on Cam Akers. Because of that running back situation, we don't know exactly to what degree Cam Akers is going to see touches. We don't know if it's going to be a 50-50 split. We don't know if it's going to be more significant than that. I am on the record saying that all the 50-50 talk is BS. Cam Akers is clearly their guy. They rushed him back from injury. Sean McVay has always had a one running back offense. I think Cam Akers is going to be a smash play this year. But uh, as I listen and read to other or I won't say other, to experts in the field. Um, there are a lot of people who disagree with that take. So where do you stand? I I, I want to be in your camp. And I think I am in your camp, to be honest with you. I, Darrell uh, Henderson, his stock value is going up. You can go look at it on, um, in like, fantasy football, the, the trending upwards. He is one of those guys who's trending upward. A lot of people are grabbing him because they, in large part, do believe that he is going to be a one-two punch. But like you mentioned, we you, you saw sprinkles of it a little bit last year with Sony Michelle um and and uh Darrell Henderson, but Darrell Henderson kind of got hurt, and then that's when Sony Michelle kind of started stepping into it a little bit more, and then they kind of were a split backfield, but not really. I mean, it was it was kind of complicated because there was a lot of injuries going on in that backfield. Cam Akers looked I, I he didn't perform well in the Super Bowl, but I thought he looked well coming off of his Achilles injury. I think I'm in your camp. I think that I agree with you that Cam Akers will be the starting running back there, and I really do want to see them come back or him come back and do very well. So um, I, I'm taking Cam Akers. I, I think I agree with you. We could both be wrong, and I don't know how that works for Scotty's army if we both are wrong, um, but that's that's kind of my thought. So... Um, you're not even here, Scotty. I don't know. You're you're not with me, so I I don't have that that to be able to get answered. Um, there is a segment here. This is all the news that we have, Scotty. I don't know where you went, um, but oh, you're back. Welcome back. Where did you go, Scotty? You left me in the middle of the podcast. Well, yeah, I just figured I could sneak in. Uh, you know, while you were talking about Cam Akers, figured you'd have a lot to say. Turns out I was wrong. Turns out I overestimated your broadcasting abilities, and I won't leave you again. Thank you. I, I'm not a good broadcaster. What if we're wrong? <laughs> you, you do have you do have a good broadcast voice. Thank you. I think your voice is good for podcasts and radio. Okay. And I sound like a child that got hit by a truck. I don't think so. I well, damaged. and I mean, we've podcasted for many years together on many different projects. And every time I hear my voice on a podcast, I, I think it's just like intrinsically you hate your own voice and you think you sound annoying because I, I feel that way myself as I'm like, man, I sound really freaking annoying every time I listen to it. So I, I tend not to listen to most of our work for that reason, other than when I kind of have to edit. And then, of course, you, you got to do what you got to do. But what if we're both yeah. wrong on Cam uh, but I, I would love to tell you that, but I... I don't think I've ever been wrong, so it, it's mm. uncharted territory. I mean, I, I'm someone who's just, you know, not wrong. Okay. So we'll figure it uh, out if we're wrong. You can pretty much take what I say as gospel. Okay. I'll write that down. Um, there's a segment here, Kissing Titties. Uh, is that something you put in, or is this a mistype, or what's going on here? Um, no, that is from Mr. Yeti, who decided to come in and add that into the show notes and then leave. Hmm. Uh, so that was not me. I okay. forgot that he did that. Okay. I, I, was I very witnessed confused. him do it while I was writing the news. Gotcha. Well, that is my team name for fantasy football, Kiss and Titties. 
because uh, I I picked up Mitch Trubisky with it wasn't even my last pick actually he was an undrafted of course and I I had a spot due to IR so that's my team name all right we're gonna go ahead and move on to the questions here's the mail it never fails it makes me wanna wag my tail when it comes I wanna wail I'm never going to like that. It's just never going to happen. The, whole, the drop or me doing it or what's, what do you not like? No, the drop is great. It's you going, you imitating the dog. What's the dog's name? Blue. Blue. It's her clues. Is it a he? I don't know if Blue, no, I think it's a boy because I think at some point, if my memory is correct, there is a female dog that comes into play at some point. Well, I know there's a pink dog that comes in, but I thought I remembered seeing that Blue was a girl, hmm. but maybe I dreamt that. I'll, One of my fever dreams. I'll look it up. I don't right know. Quick. I have many fever dreams. Is blue. All right, anyway, we'll move on to the first question while you're looking that up. It comes from Shenanigans123. Now, Shenanigans123 is in a redraft, half PPR, one quarterback league, very similar to the league we just drafted. So which side of this trade wins? Pitts and Dobbins or ETN, Ertz, Ayuk, and Tony? What do you think? Uh, blue is a female. Blue is a female dog. So I just wanted to let you know that I thought it was male, but it's not. Um, as for the question, shenanigans, one, two, three. Pitts and Dobbins or ETN, Ertz, Ayuk. I'm going to go ETN, Ertz, Ayuk, and Tony on this one. Um, the, I like Pitts. We really haven't we, – we've kind of actually – I don't know if we've publicly dogged on Pitts before, Um but we really haven't discussed him very much. I am getting more and more interested in Pitts as uh, as we get closer to the season. I kind of started looking at his numbers, and and I just think that he is going to perform very, very well. He got one touchdown last year, but he was a smash play for yardage. And in a team that is desperately going to need the help, both him and Drake London, I think you're going to do very well in, a, in an offense that is so, not exciting. While you are a human being, and I recognize that you reserve the right to change your mind. Are you going to apologize to the many listeners who drafted during the episodes where you said you're not touching pits and you're not excited for pits? I will apologize. However, I think it also depends on where you're drafting him at. Like if you, I would don't get him early. Don't like there are other tight ends that I'm still very much more interested in owning, namely Kelsey and Mark Andrews. Um, Pitts, like third, fourth tight end, I'm okay with, but I, it really depends on who's still on the board for me at that point. Um, because he is not going to be on a good offense, but he is going to serve a role on that offense that they desperately need. But I'm not yeah, going to take definitely. Pitts and Dobbins on this one. E- ETN, I'm actually pretty excited for Travis ETN this year. A lot of beat reporters are saying a lot of really good things about him in, uh, in preseason and, and training camp. So, very excited for for him. Um, and, and Dobbins, I'm not. Dobbins is somebody who may not even start week one. Mike Davis right now is in line to be the starting running back week one because Dobbins is still dealing with injuries. So not excited about that. And the other side, you just get so much more value. Obviously, Pitts is going to finish better than Ertz, but Ertz is still a top-tier tight end that I would be interested in owning. So you could still use him week in and week out. ETN is going to be ready week one and going to start and then you get two two extra pieces. And Brandon Ayuk, everybody, all the reporters are stating that Brandon Ayuk is about to have a breakout year. Him and Trey Lance have a great connection. Whether that's true or not, time shall tell. But I'd rather have the, the opportunity of the upside. And then Kadarius Tony is 
he's just an interesting cat, but I, I guess I'd own him. Oh, I, I love the upside of Kadarius Tony. I think he's going to outperform his ADP massively this year. And I think the only reason that doesn't happen is if Wandale Robinson outperforms his ADP ma- massively. Well, there's, uh, there's some shit going on with two, Tony. That's why I say that. Oh, what's that? Inform. Um, I don't remember what it is. His his leg, I believe, is injured. Is what it is. Um, he's he's got some injury stuff going on. So, but he is, and he's had injury issues last year too. So, I, he's kind of injury prone for a younger guy. But he is needed on that offense. So, um, that was a leg joke. Uh, so they're gonna use him when he is healthy and he is a wide receiver that the Giants desperately need. So uh, there's just a lot of opportunity on the other side and I'm willing to take that. And that's my answer shenanigans. Yeah, I, I looked up a little, or I looked up uh his player news on Fantasy Pros and it looks like he does have a knee injury that he's working back from. Uh they're not playing him in preseason games, but it looks like he is, as of right now, planning on playing week one. Um, so I guess it is something to keep an eye on. Uh, obviously, knee injuries for uh, uh, professional athletes can be a real serious thing. So definitely something to keep an eye on. But I'll go on the record as saying I love Kadarius Tony. I've drafted him in, I think, every draft that I've done this year because he's a good late-round flyer that has a lot of upside. Uh, and I see him playing a massive role in that offense, assuming that his knees work. Uh, that is an important part of being able to run. So we'll hope that True. that happens for him. Now we'll move on to a question from MM7724. He is in a PPR redraft league. His wide receivers are Justin Jefferson, Pittman, Thielen, and Elijah Moore. But he forgot that he had another Vikings wide receiver when he took Thielen as his flex option. Should he try to move him for a similar wide receiver or hold on to him? What do you think? I believe Yeti would be best to answer. (laughs) I was going to say, I wish... Yeti was here. Me to too. Because he uh, he likes to draft you know five or six players from each offense. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know. I I actually I like Adam Thielen this year. I really do. And as a flex option, I love Adam Thielen. But you already have Justin Jefferson. I don't ever like doing that stacking two wide receivers from the same team because it gets really ugly and murky rather quickly, and then you get frustrated. Um. So I, w- I would probably try and move him, truth be told. And and I don't know, but I love Adam Thielen. That's that's my my problem is like he's a touchdown machine and you could end up really hating yourself for it. So I, I'm i going to sell him solely so I don't have to deal with the headache. That is that is the point that I'm, I, I think I, I want to iron in here. Where he's going in ADP, I don't know how other people value him. Um, but you have Gabriel Davis, Juju, Darnell Mooney, uh, Chris Godwin, uh, Amon Ra Dog. Like those are the people who are kind of going around him. If you can find any of those guys to trade him with, I'd probably do it. And um, I don't know if any of those people would do it, but presumptually, not all those players. All those players are on different teams because of their ADP. So start having some conversations with your other league mates and see if anybody would be interested in purchasing Adam Thielen for one of those and just go straight across. So, um, yeah. and be upfront, be upfront with, and this is a, this is a piece of advice that I'm going to give to every fantasy football player. Do not be an asshole when you send a trade. Don't be the asshole and shortchange somebody because they know. And I, I say this in one of our leagues today, we, we got a, a trade offer and it was, it was laughable. 
And I'm like, what in the hell is this? And so I just deleted it. And I wasn't even interested in having any more conversations with the person because why? Like, if you're going to sit there and trade, try and trade me trash for, for good stuff, like, you're wasting my time. So have an honest conversation with these people and say, hey, look, like, it's not that I'm not interested in Adam Thielen. It's I didn't realize that I took him already having, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson. Would you be interested in maybe trading him for Gabriel Davis, a Juju, one of these players who and, and pick with the guy that you're most comfortable with first off, not like person in fantasy, but the person, the the player themselves like if you're if you're higher on juju than gabriel davis then have a conversation with that owner or what have you but that's how i would approach it and yeah i I wouldn't see a problem doing that um i like i said i do like adam thielen but having justin jefferson would make it very sad for me uh yeah 100 percent. and here's the thing about thielen is that i would surmise that right now is as high as his value is ever going to be for the rest of his career um the reason is he is riding a massive uh, you know, a couple seasons in terms of touchdowns, and that's just not going to continue. He's approaching the the dreaded wide receiver age cliff, and eventually he's just not going to be all that usable. Once once they start targeting JJ in the end zone instead of Thielen, Thielen just doesn't get that much use outside of the red zone, and he's going to fall off precipitously. So Good I'd verbiage. say right that now was is a big the- word. I don't know what it means, <laughs> but my head hurts. Yeah, it, it's it now is prime time, prime time to trade Thielen, and if you're able to get, you know, if if someone would take. Uh, Thielen for Gabriel Davis. Holy crap. That is the steal of the century because I am very high on Gabriel Davis uh, and I am not high on Thielen. So if you're able to, if you're able to get rid of him now is definitely the time to do that. And I might even take a little bit less value in terms of Thielen in order to get some, uh, to get some upside. So if you take someone who's a little less obvious, a little, you know, has a smaller role in the offense who has an opportunity to pop off someone like a Kadarius, a Kadarius Tony. Um, I am, I am very interested in that for sure. Okay. Huh. All right. Next question is from X Volt K. I don't know what to say about I'm, that. So we'll just I'm read afraid. the question. Yeah, it is very scary. Um, playing in his first redraft Superflex League this season, and he's got the fourth overall pick. This is quite the doozy. So I'm going to try and read through this somewhat coherently. The league settings are 10 team PPR, six plus passing. Or, oh, six points for passing touchdown, minus two for interceptions. Um, he's really lost on how he should approach rounds one and two. Normally, he would just draft running back and then wide receiver, but should he prioritize some of the top-tier quarterbacks? Drafting fourth would mean I'd either get Allen, Taylor, CMC, or Cup, but should I expand that list to include Mahomes, Herbert, Rogers as well? It seems like drafting other potential studs while the rest of the league reaches for a quarterback and then settling for two amongst the group of Lance to a Stafford Cousins would be the play. What are your thoughts on this slapdog? I like this question quite a bit, and I think there's a lot of good um, advice for fantasy football players in general. Is In a redraft format, your quarterbacks are exponentially more important. Okay? Uh, in, a, in a super flex, rather. Sorry. Um, but in a, in a one-quarterback redraft format, I, I've stated it before, your quarterback is not that important to draft in the third round. It's just not. There are so many other players that have so much more value at that ADP than grabbing a quarterback in round three. And that's the the, the best quarterback in fantasy right now is Josh Allen. Wouldn't touch him in the third round. I probably because there's the, the point differential is just not there. It's not. And it, it's I, I went and looked it up. The the point disparity per game from quarterbacks from a QB one to the QB six was four points a game. 
that is not enough for me to risk grabbing someone in the third or fourth round for a quarterback when I can get four points less in the eighth round because there are other players that are going to make me overcome that four point differential and probably even more than that. So, but this is super flex and things get a little bit more interesting with this because you can start two quarterbacks. So we put our, our math hats on for a second. That's eight points a game, right? And the point differential. And that I, I think I was using half PPR when I looked up this scoring stuff. Here's my advice to you. I, in the fourth overall pick, I'm okay with not drafting a quarterback, but round two, you best you best grab a quarterback. And the quarterbacks that I, in round two, if I could get him, I want Jalen Hurts. That is who I'm looking at. So I'm okay in the first round, if you want to take a, Justin, or a, a John Taylor, I'm fine with that. I think that's not a bad play. But that next loop around, you better be looking for a quarterback. And you might you might be hosed. And I don't know how your team drafts and that's or how your your league drafts. Maybe they have a focal point on quarterbacks. And and because of the scoring with a six plus passing touchdown, that is going to exponentially increase the worth of quarterbacks. Not only because you can start two, but because the point disparity becomes even higher. So I don't know how your league drafts. I don't know if they're going to, if only you're going to know this, if they are completely quarterback heavy. And by the time it gets back to you, everybody has all the starting, you know, the guys that I'd be targeting by the end of the second round, that's going to be pretty shitty. So only you can determine that overall. But if you think that there is a chance that you are not going to get somebody like a Jalen hurts, who is kind of on that, where I could see him end up falling. Maybe grab a quarterback first. Because you you are yeah. going to need top tier quarterbacks in a a high performing super flex league where the point differential is in passing touchdowns. So that's kind of how I look at it. I know that uh, maybe other people have some other opinions. You'd mentioned Trey Lance, Tua, Stafford, Cousins as later round quarterbacks. Yes, love all of them as QB twos, right? And Trey Lance has potential to end up as a QB one in large part due to his ability to move the with his legs. And I, I, I like all those guys as QB twos, but I still want to get a QB one. That's going to, I'm I can count on kind of like a John Taylor and Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon. I want that in the quarterback role in a super flex league. So that way in my other quarterback position, I can put a QB two in there and I, I feel secure. So I don't hate not taking one, but you have to make the decision where, where's the next quarterback's going to come from. And that's well, and another, yeah, another layer to this as well is with the additional points being granted for passing touchdowns, that actually affects the way I would rank the quarterbacks anyway. Because obviously, I am also very high on Jalen Hurts, I think he's a league winner. But when you know, Jalen Hurts, when he's in the red zone, he's just as likely to run it into the end zone as he is to throw it. Um, so keep that in mind because that that allows those pocket passers that maybe you you would otherwise lower in your rankings to be much more usable. Uh, people like Stafford, people like Cousins, that makes them that much more valuable. Um, and so if you don't get Jalen Hurts in the uh, in the second round, don't be afraid to take a pocket passer that I otherwise probably wouldn't be interested in in, in a normal uh, you know scoring like league. Tom Brady. But when you have you, Tom Brady yeah, in this league, probably a, finishes QB one. Yeah. So you you have. Um, you know, a lot of options in that regard as well. So I think I agree. Um, at the fourth pick, I think I'm I'm 
siding with not taking a quarterback just because of the extra value that the pocket passers have, especially if the other people in the league aren't necessarily in tune to that. Uh, because, you know, every if you listen to a fantasy football podcast, they're going to tell you to draft Jalen Hurts. They're going to tra- tell you to draft Trey Lance. And the reason for that is they're rushing upside. But the pocket passers are a lot more valuable in this particular setup. And so you might be able to get one of them at a better value a great point. Uh, and not necessarily, you know, prioritize those top tier uh, running guys at their various ADPs. So um, I, I wouldn't be worried about not drafting a quarterback in the first round, but you know, at the end of the day, you're right. You need to prioritize it. So second, third round, um, and, you need to at and, least have you know, one. Make, quarterback. make sure it's a priority. Yeah. yeah. By, by the yeah. third round, if you don't have a quarterback, I am afraid for you. Um, but yeah, no, I, that's a great point, Scotty. I didn't even think about that. You're, you're right. Like a, a passing touchdown, six points that changes the entire scoring for quarterbacks and almost it, it, it helps. I was going to say even the playing field for those that are scrambling versus throwing, but I think it actually increases the playing field for those pocket passers because that's a lot of extra points there. So I, I, I like that. I, I I think that a Tua and Stafford or cousins or any of those guys, Tom Brady, the, the people who are not moving around, but throwing the ball a lot are going to be just as valuable. So um, I don't hate not taking a quarterback in the first. All right, moving on. Next question is from FF Memes and Games. He's in a redraft one quarterback league. Which side of this trade are you taking? Saquon and Pollard or CD and Hunt? What are you taking, Scotty? Um, I'd like to know if it's a PPR league. Um, if it's a PPR league, I really like CD and Hunt. Um, the reason being, I think Hunt has a lot of upside when it comes to the passing game. But ultimately, I think if you're looking to win and you're looking to, you know, take on some of that additional risk in order to win, I think Saquon and Pollard are, are great is a great option. Um, you know, Saquon is a league winner if he stays healthy. And Tony Pollard has potential with an aging and injury prone Ezekiel Elliott in front of him to also be a league winner. So I think I'm taking the Saquon Pollard side, but the CD and Hunt side is a lot more interesting to me in a PPR format. Hundred percent. I think I agree with everything you said. I think really what I want to know is who'd you draft first overall? Because Saquon and CD are both uh, second round picks. So wh- what did you take in the first round? Did you take a running back or did you take a wide receiver? Because I think that helps make the decision for me a little bit easier. But in a in a vacuum, I probably am taking Saquon and Pollard. All right. Next question comes from Sharp underscore X. Do I accept this? for Mahomes and a Superflex Dynasty trade. It's better be a lot for Superflex Dynasty with Mahomes. Mahomes for Trey Lance, A.J. Dillon, Drake London, Romeo Dubs, and two 2023 second rounders. That's a doozy. What do you think? I would smash accept before the guy changes his mind. I In a Dynasty league, you're getting... An incredible amount of youth, an incredible amount of talent for one singular piece. And Mahomes is great. Do not get me wrong. But the other side is just incredible. Like Trey Lance, if he can do what a lot of people think that he's going to do, he is is he the same as Mahomes? No. But is he going to be a usable fantasy football quarterback for years to come? Absolutely. A.J. Dillon backup running back that is really I don't I look at him as a starting running back to be completely honest because of what coach LaFleur has said as well as um you know what the what the beat reporters are saying like AJ Dillon's getting in the slot he's he's all over the field right now because they need him Drake London rookie wide receiver for the Falcons is going to be great in a very underwhelming team because somebody 
is going to have to do something with the ball. Drake London is that guy along with Pitts. Romeo Dubs is kind of a question mark. Um, I, I think there's potential for the kid, but another rookie who's who's kind of um, they're talking about him a little bit. We shall see. And then you get two twenty or second round picks next year. Like that's just incredible value for one guy. I am taking that and running like I stole it. And not to mention that there is a world that is not impossible in which next year at this time we are putting Trey Lance in the same category as Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, the reason being, if he's able to put a uh, you know some passing upside together with his rushing upside, he's at least this year's Jalen Hurts, um, which is obviously incredible value by itself. Not necessarily in the same tier as Mahomes or Josh Allen, but close enough. Uh, and I think Trey Lance is comparable to Patrick Mahomes in a lot of ways, minus some of the weapons. But even that, honestly, if he's able to put a passing game together, there's there is a world in which they're right there in the same tier. Um, so you're not actually sacrificing a lot, even just for Trey Lance, um, in all likelihood. And then, as you said, you know the upside for AJ Dillon is huge. The upside for Drake London is huge. Romeo Jub, Dubs, if not this year, has a chance to grow into something really great. And then, of course, the 2023 draft is going to be a good one. So I'm curious. Get some first and second rounders in that. Draft. I'm curious. Is this guy like I? I'm assuming he's getting rid of Mahomes. Would be my guess based on this question. Uh, yeah, I would. I would yeah. assume. Should I accept this for Mahomes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then yes, you should accept that for Mahomes. Definitely. All right. Final question. I'm interested to hear your answer on this one, Slapdog. <laughs> Newspaper underscore bulky is in a redraft one quarterback league. Which side of this trade are you taking? The- Portland Sutton or Brandon Cooks? This is one bulky newspaper if I've ever seen it. Um, here's how I look at this. Floor and ceiling. That's how you have to look at this. If if you want a a comfortable floor, it's Brandon Cooks. But you know what you're getting out of Brandon Cooks, and it's a wide receiver too. That is what Brandon Cooks is. Brandon Cooks will be that guy that you can leave in your wide wide receiver two slot week in and week out, and he will be comfortable for you. I am taking Cortland Sutton because I want a piece of the Broncos offense. I want a piece of what Cortland Sutton could be. And Russell Wilson is the best quarterback that the Broncos have had since Peyton Manning. They have a good team. They have Jerry Judy. They have Javante. They have Melvin Gordon. Their defense is good. I mean, the the list goes on. The Broncos are going to be a good team. And I want a piece of that team with Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson has proven that he can support realistically two wide receivers within the top 24. So I'm taking the, I I don't really want to call it a risk. Beat reporters have come out and said Cortland Sutton is going to be their guy. But I do just want to point out, I, I, the world doesn't know. Look at where Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy's ADPs are at. Realistically, nobody knows with 100% certainty who is going to be the true wide receiver one in that offense. There is a lot of speculation that it is Cortland Sutton, but if that was the case and we all knew that, then their ADP would have a higher disparity. So is it still somewhat of a risk? A little, but... I'm willing to take that risk in the hopes that Cortland Sutton ends up being the guy, the guy on that team. And, uh, and I'm going to take that. So I'm taking Cortland Sutton. Yeah, that is the correct answer for sure. Cortland Sutton paired with one of the best deep ball quarterbacks in the league. Cortland Sutton's a big bodied wide receiver. He is going to be a massive play this year. I a hundred percent believe it. Uh, I like Jerry Judy a lot. Like you said, Um, you know, this, this offense can support two top tier wide receivers, but I think Cortland Sutton is going to far outperform Judy. 
Uh, and at the very least, Cortland Sutton's got the touchdown upside. He's got the big play upside, sort of like the Jamar Chase situation uh, last year. I think Cortland Sutton's going to have a lot of opportunities to make big, big plays for this offense, and I think it's going to happen. So I'm taking upside all day with Cortland Sutton. And again, just as a general rule of thumb, if you have to choose between ceiling and floor, why do you play fantasy football? You play to win. So play to win. Go with the ceiling. Take the guy that you think is going to be the smash play all day long. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But leave it all on the field. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, I tend to agree with that. But there are circumstances in which if I have a lot of risk on my team, there is a couple people that I would target to try and um, mitigate some of that risk. And one of those people being Brandon Cooks. So because I, I, ah. I'm comfortable with him. So, um well, okay, so here's the thing. I love Brandon Cooks at his ADP, um, and oftentimes, depending on where you at in your draft and how many people are in your draft, he is by far the best wide receiver at his tier. Um, so it just kind of depends on how the situation shakes out. But at the end of the day, you don't play football or you don't play fantasy football to hedge your bets. You play fantasy football to pick your guys and do what you can, you know, throw go all in you know you you want to go all in in your strategy that's always been my thought process uh it makes it fun and on top of that it gives you an opportunity to uh, dominate your league so i'm taking upside all day long especially in this situation okay that's it that is all the questions that is all the news that is all the time that we have today if you have made it to the end of the episode we greatly appreciate your support you are now a brainiac if this is your first time here. So go give us a follow at Twitter and all the other stuff at Leather Brains. We have a very active community. We are almost at 6,000, Scotty. By the time this episode airs, there is a possibility that we hit 6,000 followers on Twitter. It's a great community over there. Go join us. We are always tweeting and engaging in conversation with fantasy football. Really do enjoy it. Last piece of thing, our news that I want to leave you guys with is we will not have an episode on Thursday. Um, I am traveling, so I'm going back to the home. I'm leaving your basement, Scotty, so I'm sure you are thrilled about that. Uh, and I'm, I'm heading back to my home, so I'll be traveling, so we will not have an episode on Thursday. So the next time you will hear us is next Tuesday. So, And then uh, that is the week of football. Very exciting stuff. Yes, big week. Very big week. So that's it. That is all the time that we have. Like I said, appreciate it. And we are out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leather Brains. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app and YouTube, as well as following us at Leather Brains on Twitter and Instagram. If you're looking for specific fantasy advice, including draft advice, trade insight, starts and sits, or even if you want our thoughts on your sports bets, please feel free to send us a DM on Twitter for an answer and a chance to have your question featured on a future episode. Again, thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back before you know it.